Let me check. Maybe we don't have Christmas. Maybe it's both major holidays. We don't have Christmas. We never have Christmas. No more holiday movies. <laughs> there simply aren't anymore. No, I agree. You need to find something like that one that they didn't have to get made, the Melissa Joan Hart one, where she, like, the Tin Hedges. Soldier. Yeah, no, where the Tin Soldier comes to life or something. Oh, yes. with It's like with Joey Lawrence or something. No, it's not Joey Lawrence. It's the guy from mm-hmm. Seventh Heaven. Barry Watson? Yeah, it's him. Um, yeah. I forget what it's called, but it's like a very Nutcracker Christmas. Oh, uh, yes! Where he's like a Nutcracker who turns yes. into a person. Yeah. This is sounding extremely familiar right. now. I'm saying like that, if we did a Hallmark movie, it would need to be something on that tier of like a concept. It right. couldn't just be like, I don't want to just see like, well, you she's get, you a get, maker. Uh, what are those ones I watched last year? From so the, there's the Christmas by Starlight. Ion is the... Oh, the Ion. The Ion ones are, are fucking they're, they're insane. They're a new contender. Yeah, the Ion is like a new level of batshit insane. Yeah. Wait, so how's, which one were the Ion ones? Oh no, what's the one with Joey Pants? That's what I'm thinking. What's the one that has Joey Pants? Oh, that's the other... Okay, there's two Joey Christmas Pants. detective <laughs> Right, ones. that's the one I'm thinking I think of, I the think. Joey Pants one... That's is, where like they think she's a he, robber or something. He's like an ex-con, That's right. A nice guy, right? And he's like kind of playing it gay, he's but not very, really. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's right? And, and like, if he had revealed he had like a now I have to go spend yeah. my husband, you'd be like, yeah, okay. Makes he sense. mentions a wife at your point. You're like, okay, really? <laughs> <laughs> I understand. It was a different time for you when you were young. But he'll come be like, oh, I love the the cake that you made, or like you're like, uh huh. He's like no. ever so slim. I bet you love that. Welcome to another episode of Why Did We Watch This, the podcast where three friends sit down, watch a troubled movie, have a nice drink, and discuss what was bad, what was good, and what we could do better. I'm your host for this week's mini-episode, Lee Delahanty. I, Brendan Drischler, me. And me, Chris Ravel, I. Okay, Yodas. <laughs> uh, this week, uh, we are going to be setting up the movie we'll be doing uh, in two more weeks, and that will be 2017's Home Again, directed by, is it Hallie, Hallie Myers? Hallie, Hallie Myershire. Myershire, uh, famous daughter of famous Spod. Myers. <laughs> Spawn of Myers. Spawn of Myers. Myers and Charles Shire. Yeah. And, um, yeah, this this movie was, it, the. I love using blank checks phrase for this, which was, um, it's as if this what if boys were good? No, it was the Nancy Myers <laughs> oh, movie yeah, had a daughter. Right, it's not so much that like Nancy Myers' daughter made a movie; yeah. it's more that a Nancy Myers movie had a uh, like had, had a, a child, and that child was a movie. It's it's yeah, yeah. it is very much of the ilk. Yes, um, and this she movie is her mother's daughter. Stars Reese Witherspoon, Nat Wolf, John Rudnitsky. What? Rudnitsky. He was on SNL for like a season. Uh, Pico Alexander, yeah. Michael Sheen, and Candace Bergen. Yeah, for a blink of the eye. Yep, all your favorites. I'm... It's gonna be great. It's, this is where... I haven't seen it yet. No, I haven't seen it yet either. Wait, am I the one who's seen Home Again? Yeah. Yeah. I saw this in theaters. (laughs) You were just an instant in for it. You were just even... Yeah, I was gonna say, I assumed Chris had seen it. Well, because... I was like, I feel like I already know what I'm getting. If I'm hearing that this is... This is literally, like, not... You know, this just feels like the junior version of a Nancy Myers movie. I already know what that is. No, that's basically true. It's instead of starting like a middle aged woman, it's Reese Witherspoon, (laughs) slightly younger than middle aged woman. Just truly on the on the threshold. Um, We're gonna see what nepotism can buy. I also (laughs) a beautiful house (laughs) and a great kitchen. Yep, maybe not as great as your mother's. (laughs) Remains to be seen. Um, I just also just want to say when I first saw the trailer for this movie, I thought. What studio was ballsy enough to give us a, like, 
po- like a polyamory comedy or something because yeah. I really I, thought is she like dating all of them? I did think it was a reverse harem <laughs> anime like, like yeah. adaptation. Would that it were? It's like it's a the Tenchi Muyo. Yeah, series. yeah. Um, it is not so. Yeah, we're gonna have to uh, have something to get through. We're yeah, we'll be drinking. So the drink that we'll be making for home again is called a white wine spritzer, and it should be noted, wine is spelled W H I N E A, white <laughs> wine spritzer. It is going to be three parts of California white wine, one part of Pellegrino sparkling mineral water, some strawberries, and an orange. It's very simple. You just pour the chilled white wine and sparkling water into a wine glass. Adds a couple of berries, three berries, one for each boy, and garnish with a twist of orange to make it look classy. Do you know what I wish we could get? I don't know if I showed you the sketch for this, but it was like the <laughs> old teacher's lounge sketch with, um, uh, I forget his name, the comedian's name, just blank on my mind, but he does like a, he talks about doing these weird white wine blends, like a Chardot Grigio. Oh, uh, yeah. And um, the joke is that his his winery is called White's Only. White's Only, White's only. That's right. <laughs> that is the wine that we should be drinking for this. <laughs> I mean, it is a very conscious choice to have a white wine for this yeah. movie. Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, Gaffigan. Right. Yeah, I was right. crunching those like numbers. the spiciest I've ever seen Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> right. Because he normally doesn't go in that direction. No. But he, he really commits hard to that bit, and it is a really good one. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited, too. It'll be nice and gentle, like being stabbed to death. <laughs> yeah. Like slipping into a warm bath. You just let it happen just and let yourself go. A gentle, <laughs> a gentle one. <laughs> yeah. And then you you just pass away. Yep. yep. I, yeah, but I'm actually kind of excited to taste that. Mm. Yeah, I think it'll be a good drink. I just feel like it's something it that... Remains to be seen about the movie. Yeah. Someone who's, quote-unquote, California sober... My drink. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, this week, uh, it's the wrap-up to our, uh, what did we call it? Our Sweet and Sour Summer, summer of Teen Angst. Oh, you're the one that came up with this yep. name. <laughs> and then kept going back and forth. And sweet and Sour Summer of Teen Angst. It's canon, that's it. We put this off as long as possible for the Update time. Update the wiki. Yeah. Think about it, but one of the first things that I wanted to do once we started getting into these YA movies is I wanted us to all come up with our own YA Movie franchise, like, you know, we're, we're, it's a synergy thing. Right, we're, of course. We're going, like, all guns a-blazing, so we need, we're, I think we're talking about, you know, there's more than one book, probably. It's a right, saga. Right, So we're, we're maybe setting it up here, but, like, what would our contra- contribution to, like, the YA money grab yes. <laughs> be? <laughs> uh, because I think that it's, like, listen, I'm not out here to, like, um, minimize the work writers do, but I think it's not hard. <laughs> no, I think they're all stupid. <laughs> it's, it's certainly not hard to. And you put enough chimps yeah, behind if, enough typewriters. Reading right? any amount of Goodreads reviews for some of the, the movies that we've <laughs> talked about will. has told me anything. It's that they're not that great. Right. So, no, that is true. Well, it's definitely um, it's <laughs> it's definitely a market that's driven by a series of fads and booms that. Yeah. It is. Um, it's, and then it's a giant game of follow the leader with whatever is proving successful. Is, so yeah. inevitably, if you're not, I don't know, if you're kind of not the original or like just after that, the chances that the what you're going to put out there is garbage feels like it's pretty high. Right. Yeah. But it's always interesting, though, how much of that garbage then gets turned into movies. But it's, yes. I think it's also that, like... Editors and publishers don't care. Right, right. They just they just see the idea. Right. Is it is it like do we think this will appeal yeah. to teenagers? They if so, is, sure. Nobody is looking at these books that authors are pumping out, trying to get like their fifteen minutes in. Nobody's looking at it like, is this a well written book? No, they're saying like, ah, this one's got vampires. Right. This has <laughs> X, Y, and Z three elements that appeal. Yeah. Well, that like our studies, our focus groups have shown us the kids are into right now. Are there any typos? Like yeah. you know. 
Yeah, then we run through spell check. Oh, well, that's what editors are for. Yeah, but I mean, the, yeah, the like it's the writing quality of these. I've is sampled a, some of them, and they're maybe a tertiary concern. Right? Yes, yeah. some of them are fine. Some of them are not. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, so we've each come up with uh, our own ideas. Some of us have maybe a couple. Um, <laughs> My, well, I have two. One of them is very short. Um, I don't know who wants to open up. I'm happy to get the ball rolling. I have like one and a half. Sure. I'm fine with anyone starting. I'll start. Okay. Why not? So my first idea is going to be very quick. Um, and it, it is sort of something that I've maybe done before during one of the pitches. <laughs> but when I was thinking about my original idea that I wanted to pitch, this came up and I was like, well, this is like a straight... It just slides right into the YF form. I just like change a couple things and it slides right just in. Just like ice cream. Slides yeah, right in. Slides just, right out. <laughs> <laughs> just slides right in. So, all right, picture this premise. This is a, there's a, you know, what? Are, how old are these people? Like 17 usually? Yeah, they're yeah. want to talk, but we want to get into sex maybe a year later after book two or three, but we don't want to do it in the first one. So right. Sometimes they're younger, but it is usually on the older. I feel like, yeah, yeah like high school age. Yeah. High school, like junior, senior. Yeah. Um, this is a girl in a high school, and uh, she's smart, but she's maybe, like, a bit kind of, like, not like goth, but, like, she's grumpy, mm-hmm. and she wants to just, like, get by. Maybe she's got some kind of chip on her shoulder. Is she like what. other girls? She's not like other girls. Because <laughs> she's clumsy. She's a bit of a black sheep uh, at school. Okay. She stands out, but no one gives her, no one pays her any mind. She doesn't care because she's secretly, you know, she's like, oh, better all these kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this, like, new kid comes, this new guy comes to school, a transfer student from out of town with, like, a weirdo kind of eccentric guardian. Uh, maybe it's, like, on paper, it's, like, an uncle or something. And this kid's kind of like a dweeb. Um, and nobody want ever, like, he very quickly makes, like, a f- not a fool of himself, but he's very quickly targeted as, like, haha, look at the new dweeb in the school. And uh, the principal of the school assigns her to be like, you're like, you are the like, whatever, like, re- partner of like, you know what I mean? Like, you're the welcome. Right, like, you thing. T- yeah. guide them around. You are like yeah. his study partner or whatever. He, he needs like, he's new and he's like, he's going to take some time to catch up. So like, you have to be his like, you know, at during school hours, you're just like, she's just going to shadow you forever. She's like, this, I don't need this in my life. I don't need more reasons for people to fuck with me. Um... So cue this, like, period where she sort of, like, begrudgingly has to take this kind of dweeby, weird, weirdo guy along. Um, and then the guy, uh, you know, as they have to, as they're forced together. And he's got, like, weird, there's weird shit going on with them. Mm-hmm. That as the more we spend time with them, the more weird shit. There's, like, maybe, like, a weirdly timed medication thing where, like, an alarm goes off and she's got to, like, rush out of the room. And it's, and it's just like, well, he must have, like, medication he's got to take at very specific times. I don't know. Um, and there's other weird ticks about, like, you know, I have to be home at this time, I can't be any later, I can't be any earlier. There's just a couple of, like, weird, you know, ritualistic things that are odd about this guy. But they start getting to know each other, and maybe there's, like, a friendship forming. Uh, and then the other girls at school, or the other students are like, you know, he's, like, he's a, he's some kind of freak, he's, like, a monster or whatever. And they're all poking her to, like, like, probe into it or follow him home, which, like, no one's ever supposed to go to his house or whatever. Um, so she does one day, and that this, uh, turns out to be, like, a horrendous mistake where it's, like, revealed that he is some sort of, either, like, well, it doesn't really matter what he is, because this is where the, the fleshed up it ends, but, like, this is basically east of the sun, west of the moon. 
And so, like, oh, I see. She, Always dragging that one out, aren't we, Lee? Yeah. So she she does the equivalent of like you know looking at him at night when he's a polar bear. Yeah. And she's like, oh shit, I did the thing I wasn't supposed to do, and he's like, ah oh, shit, two more days, and I would have been free of this ancient curse that I've had on me. Now I have to go to like wherever. You know, like some faraway place. East of the sun and west of the moon. Yeah, and then she's got to spend the rest of the book going after him. I like that. Yeah, so that was my first idea, just because I I liked it. Um, Would they? Would she like find him at the end of the series? No, this was I. I can't really think of this uh, as a franchise, which is why I don't. I want to be my main idea because Mm -hmm. I don't want to turn that has the the, that's such a simple one and done story. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's like that beastly one where there's like sequels that are other fairy tales and they're sort of connected by a different thread. Mm -hmm. You didn't know that? Beastly the beastly sequels are like about the witch. Yeah. Who who made the curse. I had no idea there were beastly sequels. Well they're like part of the The beastly universe. universe. Yeah, Yeah, the beastly So what did she get up to in the I don't know. I didn't I didn't I just saw that like there was a a, a series of them and then they're not all about like the beast, they're just about other people that she's cursed, I guess. (laughs) She's got a lot of people. Do they she's bring got back whichever Olsen twin? It's not a movie. It's not a movie. Oh. It's just books. Oh, the first one got made into a movie. I see. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my main idea. This is something I've been trying to work, make work for a while, and I, I haven't really figured out yet how it works. But I'm gonna do my best to explain how this. And this is more of a sort of a world I want to explore, and a vibe, and an aesthetic. And I have less of a fleshed out narrative, but you don't need them for these why things because there's just like a generic like quest to there's do. A, there's a, right, it's like, more. It's, it's more at this point. It's more about creating a universe that you can then explore. Yeah. Than it is to, like an overarching plot. So my best pitch for this universe is that I want it to be a mixture of like, um, Twin Peaks, sort of like old, not Pacific Northwest necessarily, but like woodsy small town weird vibe but also magic but instead of like creepy supernatural stuff and horror weird magic and sort of fae stuff um and so i think for a while i was like how could i do like fairy stuff like fae wild but also americana vibes and i don't think i would i would combine them here i ran into all sorts of like problems of like well I don't want to, like, supplant existing indigenous culture with just, like, <laughs> Irish, <laughs> Irish fae culture and, hey, and try to set it in America. Good instinct. Follow yeah. that one. <laughs> but I do want to explore the, like, aesthetic of, like, a sort of, like, frozen in the 70s, 80s town with, like, mm. a diner and, like, a bowling alley and, right. like, an old logging mill and, like, all these, like... And maybe it's, like, a company town where, like, the business has left, so every... Only, like, weirdos are kind of left there, and this mm-hmm. is very pathetic. And everyone that's there just wants to get the fuck out. Ooh. Spooky. <laughs> Pause for car. Yeah. Car break. Yeah. So, uh, I settled on this idea that, like, and this is the lamest version of this, but, um, until I have a better one, it's, let's say there was, like, a toy factory in this town. Uh-huh. And, uh, the toy factory shut down in, like, maybe the late 90s. And so the main character is a woman or a girl in high school who had... To, she moved out. She was one of the last people to, like, move away because her dad owns the factory and the factory was not doing well and it was kind of closing down. The the, the factory was, like, not doing well and everyone was sort of, like, mass... Um, laid off. Emigrating. Yeah, laid off over time. But her dad was, like, the owner and so he was the last holdout except they, they got divorced because it was just kind of, like, hard on the family and she went with the mom. Um... And she doesn't have, like, many memories of this, but maybe she has, like, one strong memory of this kind of, like, you know, fun guy that she knew there. And I kind of have this image of, like, a sort of 90s sort of grunge punk rock vibe, like, this kind of older guy at the time for her. Like, he was, he would have been a teenager 
then when she was like just a girl mm-hmm. and she may be like he was maybe a, the son of someone else in the factory or something mm-hmm. um and yeah so she moves away and she has to come back at age like 17 or 18 because uh her mother dies or something um and she just has to go back here and she doesn't want to but it's like the only place where she can really go um and there's a lot of like I have a lot of, like, weird concepts of this town. Like, maybe there's, like, a jukebox that's, like, kind of in the diner that goes on the fritz every now and then, and it plays songs that aren't in the list of songs that are supposed to be played. Ooh, um, I like that. And, like, it'll it'll sometimes just, like, play random songs, and the songs seem to have, like, a weird effect on the people that are eating there. Like, it'll make people just start dancing, what, even when they were, like, having a really sad time before mm-hmm. then. Um, and there's other, like, weird... I mean, there's just, like, sort of, like, small hints that there's maybe, like some sort of magic under the surface of this town, basically. Like, influencing it. Yeah. Um, In your mind, is everyone conscious of it? Is it kind of very I think it's sort of like, if you're there, if you're there, you just accept, like, well, this is just the way the town is. And you don't have, like, you know, I think that there are maybe a couple people that are, like, in the know that there's, this town is someplace special, that it's, like, not just a normal town. But most, like, older folks that live there are just like, yeah, that's the jukebox. It just does that. And they just, <laughs> nobody questions it. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of have that vibe. I'm trying to think if there's, like, an analog for it in existing media. There probably is, and I can't think of it. But, you know, they don't think much of it. Um, mm-hmm. And there's not a lot. Like, it's not crazy enough that it's like, defies rational explanation. Like, maybe the jukebox is like, I don't know. It's got, like, a glitch or something, you know? It's like, it's not playing records. So maybe it just has access to songs that they didn't allow you to pick or something. We don't know. Um, but, yeah, there's... It's, it's a bit of an odd town, and she meets a lot of, like, weird, odd people that live in it. Um, meanwhile, there is a there is a separate sort of, like, we'll call it, like, a dimension. It's not mm-hmm. fairy, but it's, like, some sort of place that is has been referred to as fairy and has also been referred to as a number of other things. But it sort of represents, like, imagination and, like, dreams and, like, you know, possibility as envisioned by people. And because there was this, like, toy factory there that for a while was, like, a big center of industry... Um, this place, and maybe before the toy factory was there, there was something else that was of importance to somebody else that lived there. Like, maybe there was, like, a waterfall that was very spiritual. I don't know. But basically, it's I want to work with this idea that there's, like, places of power, and there are, like, objects of power that, like, people put importance in, and then that object is sort of given some sort of life beyond, like, itself, you know what I mean? Um, and the, in from this, like, dimension, there's a sort of, like, a shapeshifter character, like a, well, we might refer to him in D&D terms as, like, a changeling. Mm-hmm. Um, who steals something uh, from, like, a, sec- a section of his realm um, and has to sort of, like, flee to this town. And she's the first person that sees this shapeshifter. And it, as, like, a defensive instinct, the shapeshifter turns into this memory. Like, it's like a, it's like a the way they work is, like, it just sees this, it wants to appeal to her. So mm-hmm. it becomes this, like, memory of this kind of cool guy that she knew as a kid. Um... And so that's like the form that they take when he when they appear in the dimension, um, and the rest of it is I think just this general narrative that like the shapeshifters stole this thing because they want to like restore power to this realm that they're from where it's the power sort of fading, and they know that this toy factory or this place was once like sort of a fountain that sort of like feeds back into it, sort of like how Fillory feeds mm-hmm. magic elsewhere that like mm-hmm. there if you like could restore the spring like in this place that it would like spread elsewhere um and quickly sort of rocks that like she is somehow instrumental to this happening because the object that they stole like uh somehow triggers near her even though she's quite cynical and, and doesn't want to be in this town and thinks doesn't really believe in this cool shit and so the rest of it is like 
the shapeshifter character trying to like get her to care more about like this quest, and she she's not buying it at all. Like she, he, they're not really like hiding the fact that there's some sort of like weird magical being. She's like, whatever, this guy's fucking weird. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the general vibe and aesthetic I wanted to go for. Um, but yeah, like a sort of American town frozen in time, weird magic. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That's a cool. It it when you were asking if there was something out there that had the idea of like generalized weirdness that's just sort of accepted. Mm-hmm. This is the only example I could dredge up from my memory. Is there was like a one season. I'm pretty sure it was like a Nickelodeon show, but it was like called Eerie Indiana. I remember Eerie Indiana. Yeah, and I've heard of it. I never watched it. It was literally just a like suburban town, but every episode it's like and, a Baby X Files kind of yeah. yeah, with the same setting in every episode. Yeah, and there was just when you were talking about there being just a level of weirdness that was accepted. That yeah. just sort of what it reminded me of. Yeah. Like, and there is a lot of there's a lot that you can do within a serialized format with that kind of setting. Yeah, and I think, like, watching The Sandman recently, I was like, okay, well, I can maybe not call it Fae, or, like, have like have it be specifically from a culture that is not native to this land. I can right. have it be, like, a general concept of, like, there's another realm of imagination that is just, like, and that's connected to, like, human minds and imagination, um, which I like the idea of. And I also thought, I, was, I think I was thinking a lot about, like, the, the video game control, where there were, like, objects of power and and the idea in that game was that like one of the objects of power in the game is the floppy disk that contained nuclear launch codes because people had put so much like uh importance on this floppy disk because it represented so much destruction this floppy disk became like a very powerful artifact huh so i liked that idea the power that we invest with our belief yeah like that there's some sort of like psychic thing that happens where if enough people because the other thing they're all like sort of Everything in that game was sort of antiquated forms of control. There was, like, a, a CRT television was one of them. Was, I forget what the TV does, but they each give you different power. Like, the the nuclear launch discs, floppy disk, gives you the ability to, like, to basically telekinetically throw things. Um, and there was, like, a phone, the hotline, which was, like, a old rotator phone. That's how you contact the astral plane. <laughs> so, yeah, I liked the... I, I don't know, I like the vibe of, like, old aesthetically-looking te- technology, but it's had, you know, has weird powers... I like that. And then I, I got really hung up on the idea of like a sprite, like a literal video game sprite. You really wanted a sprite. I really wanted a sprite. Yeah. Hey, listen. <laughs> Let's hope we get a sprite. Yeah. Just like Navi, yeah. a video game just, sprite. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, it's not very flushed out, but it's just the, the vibe I wanted to go for. Well, neither's mine, so yeah. don't worry. I also mostly just invested in a setting. I mean, there's some amount of, I guess, it, is it cool if I go next? I think you already started to, Chris, so thanks for asking. <laughs> Better late than never. Um, my my concept uh, is I uh, I read a lot of fantasy YA as a child. I don't even and I don't even mean like urban fantasy, which I think is a lot more popular now. Um, like, is there a lot of, to your knowledge, like YA out there that's just sort of like traditional high fantasy, but for kids? I mean, Isn't that sort of what Aragon is? Prob- I feel like there probably is. I'm not the one to ask because I never yeah. read that anyway. I, I don't really do a whole lot of genre fiction, so... I consumed a lot of that as a child, so that's kind of where I was setting my idea. She's getting you. Um, so anyway, my idea is uh, there is this society. I kind of want to have it be... Uh, in terms of aesthetic, it's sort of like right on... 
right on the edge of maybe like the uh, Industrial Revolution. Mm-hmm. I guess this is what you would call like gas lamp fantasy. Do they have no? That's gas lamps much later than that. Um, gas lamp would be Victorian. Oh, okay. It's what I call gaslight fantasy. Yeah, stop gaslighting. I call it that. <laughs> the doctor said you would be like this. <laughs> um. But yeah, so my thought is it's. Let me explain the concept. It, that's why I'm having trouble, like, kind of putting it to, like, a time period sort of thing. It's essentially a otherwise uh, kind of, like, black powder medieval uh, fantasy. But um, at some point in the past, uh, like, dragons had visited and eventually died out. But mm-hmm. the, like, among their, like, various, like, hordes and gifts that they gave were... Essentially, like, pieces of tech that were not, like, had not occurred or had been invented yet. Okay. And so off of that, in, like, scattered areas, there's, like, a flashbulb camera or, um, like, extremely rudimentary trains with, like, a steam engine or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And within this setting... She's doing so pretty. Within this setting, uh, I'm sorry, I need to focus. Within this setting, uh, my thought is there's kind of just a lot of uh, villages or city-states. There's not a lot of, like, kind of large geopolitical powers. Uh, I kind of just want to leave that pseudo-vague just to leave it as open as possible for places you can go and things you can discover. Mm-hmm. Um, but suffice it to say, like, when kids reach a certain age, you would, like, uh, be expected to kind of go on your wandering. I was somewhat inspired by playing Sable, uh, a video game that's all about tooling around these different, like, desert communities on your little hover bike. It's a lot of fun, but the whole point of that is you glide and figure out, like, what your purpose is in life and what your role in society will be. And I wanted to apply that same concept here, um... And have the main character not really be a chosen one, but have them not be aware of, um, not be aware of their lineage as being, like, partially dragon. The twist or, like, personal mystery that can unfold over the series can be how that is the case and what other people are like that. Uh, I really like the idea of dragons being able to kind of take human form and mingle, and mm-hmm. that's kind of how I would have and wanted fuck. that to happen. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, but you call it mingling in YA, yeah. I'm sure. Um, could you imagine in YA? And then they fucked. I mean, yeah, it does happen in YA. No, but they wouldn't write it that way. Well, I don't know. I think, yeah, they would say, and then they fucked, oh, but like. Flowery language. Yeah. Um, so. I had kind of, like, sketched out a character that, like, uh, he doesn't know who his parents are, but he has, there's, like, uh, this, like, queer couple that has taken him in and raised them as parents. Um, and so they, they can't really fill him in because he was just sort of, like, a local orphan uh, that they adopted. But um, I would I would want that to sort of be a driving mystery over the series, but I kind of see this as a setting that can get more and more sprawling as the series goes on, just because you can kind of go anywhere, do anything, meet anyone. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Sounds like Kino's Journey as well. Oh, is that the one with the, it's like the kid and the talking motorcycle? I forget about the motorcycle talking, but it's like an, um, 
gender ambiguous character named Kino who like is just sort of wandering through this desert on a motorcycle and like it's it's mostly like an anthropological like social sciences type thing where like all of the communities that Kino goes to just have like weird it's just like an exploration of like a weird society almost like a travelogue it's not really like a travelogue like Kino try it's kind of like as if Kino is like an anthro what's the word is it anthropologist yes yeah. mm-hmm. who's like wandering into these places and is like observing how they live and doesn't really get directly involved in there and like sometimes it's nice and usually there's some weird you know there's it's some sort of like oh this town's got some weird fucking cult shit going on um but yeah it's it's mostly just like a slice of life type thing that is, that is very much the vibe I'm going for you know? yeah all right. All right. I dig it. All right. So here's my thing, right? So this is this is this is what I was starting to do. So this was something that was I've been sort of uh, poking around it over the past couple of days, and I'm sure at a certain point you'll see why I stopped it and pulled the plug. But you know, I'll get to that. So I was trying to think like the base level for all any sort of like YA I like is I feel like I like a lot of YA where adults aren't really a factor into it, which I think like is that is one of those things where like you get shit like. Harry Potter, where J.K. Rowling's instincts is probably right to, like, set it up, like, regardless of whether it's glorifying a boarding school experience. It's one of those things where, like, yeah, it probably makes sense to set it a boarding school, because, like, you're away from parents, you've got authority figures who are teachers, they don't have close relations to you, it's mostly just, like, you and a bunch of kids thrown together, hormones ablazing. It's narratively clean. Right, it, and, it, and I, I think that's the sort of thing that, like, I kind of like, you know, I like characters having a relative amount of freedom within a YA world. So I was thinking, like, yeah, if I'm doing something, it's probably going to have to take place, like, within the confines of like a school of some sort like that probably makes some level of sense whether it's a boarding school or just happened to be there I don't know it doesn't matter and I was thinking like well what are some interesting aspects of you know YA that I don't really go into a whole lot because as I said before a lot of the times I don't really do genre fiction either read it or write it. it's just not something that I particularly care for like I watch movies but I don't read books like that usually and I was just thinking like well you know as someone who likes world building and creating those sorts of environments, like maybe it would be fun to do something a little bit more magical than normal. And like the idea of like, you're breaking down everyone with their like own abilities. Cause you know, like I love that shit, right? Like you're going to get into like elemental magic where like someone's plant based, mm-hmm. someone's fire blade based, blah, 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 all that bullshit. And it was like, you know, of course there's going to be like some gay shit and stuff like that because I love that kind of thing. That's what I'm looking for in YA. If it doesn't have gay shit, get it out of my Kindle. It needs to be more gay, gay, sh- normally gay shit. In yeah. YA. Give me that gay shit. And so as I was, thinking about, like, characters and things would happen, eventually I got to the point where I was like, oh, Brendan, you've just ripped off the magicians. You're just doing the magicians with more of a focus on break bills than a focus on fillery, which, to be fair, was one of those things that, like, whenever I read the magicians the books, I was like, oh, I like break bills. It would be fun if they spent more time there. And then the TV show rectifies some of that because break bills matters a lot more in the TV show than the the books. Yeah, the TV show's really good. Um... And so then I was like, well, well, shit, like, I'm just going to, like, ditch all of this. This happened about, like, what, like, 2 o'clock today when I messaged you guys and was like, it's going. For whatever, it's, for whatever it's worth, I think, I mean, I love the break bill stuff, but just in general, even if you did essentially just rewrite The Magicians for a YA crowd, I think you would potentially inject a little more, like, I guess, but I mean, like, heart. Magicians is almost YA to begin with. Like, I realize it's probably a little bit more adult fiction, but it is dealing with characters in, like, a college level, you know? So it's, like, True. it's just slightly beyond is that high we, school YA. That's 
True. I mean, I guess it is still YA. It still is like a young adult, right? And like, I'm not gonna like that... litigate like what is and what is not YA, but like, I guess it it's feels just not like, what I considered it, right? To it be. feels like it's on the cusp of YA it's at the very least. So, and it's the idea. It's just that, like, even if I did want to do like slightly hornier magic kids, it's like, well, that's the magicians right there. That's like, true. that is the magicians. That's true. That's true. So. I threw all that out. I was thinking about why things that interested me. And the one thing that I thought about that I came back to was when we had watched, um, oh my God, Jupiter Ascending. And I was thinking about how like my general fix for that movie where I was thinking like Princess Diaries in outer space. Right. Aspects of that. And so like I kind of jettisoned that as I was playing along with it. But the basic idea is that I do want it to be basically, I think, grown up space cases was what it ended up being. Like you remember space cases? Hell yeah. I was, just, right. I was just talking about space cases recently. Right. So it's got the similar sort of, I don't think it would be just like six kids or whatever who like, what was the premise? They were like on a field trip and they got like, they, they walked into an alien they, ship. They basically just kind of got locked in by yeah, accident. Yeah. Sort of they go like aboard a mystery ship. Uh, Destiny where it's like, took a they, they see in a, they see, like they're not on, the ship they're on is not like the ship they left. In. Right, right. It's like a mystery ship and they're like, yeah. yeah like, like, lo- they were on like a planned expedition. They, they found an unexpected mm-hmm. like, old alien craft and they're right. like let's explore it children yeah. And, yeah. Then, of course, <laughs> and of course that did not go it well it just took off yeah basically yeah. and you know you've got like the, the like the variety pack of students in there which I think is like a good concept like you know Radu's super strong Velma malfunctions totally wrong they're all from different planets the and the implications of rainbow hair and screaming right right it's like you've got like the girl from Mercury who like runs very hot all the time Saturn yeah. screams the guy from uh, Pluto is like has like a weird horn he's like ne- or Uranus he's from Uranus he's, it's, he has, like, um, he has, it's like a fork that generates electricity yeah because he has like an inferiority complex about being from Uranus yeah Um. but yeah so something like that was basically the idea that I was going off of where you have like a ver- like a rotating ensemble cast of central characters who are all different species um I didn't want it to be as, like, high stakes as something like Star Wars, so I wasn't really thinking that it would be something where it's, like, we're on, like, the precipice of galactic civil war or something like that, because I don't really feel like dealing with that kind of thing. Yeah. I like the more kind of low-key YA stakes that these things certainly have, which I think certainly means that you can have some sort of drama and action to it. And emotion. Yeah, obviously that. And so I, I would think it would probably just have more to do with like personalities bouncing off each other. A lot more gay shit. I think it would also probably be one of those things where akin to Animorphs, like if this were a book, it would rotate like whoever is narrating the story in each novel or something like that. I like that. Um, just to give everyone else kind of more of a focus. And yeah, I, I think it would probably just sort of be like them dealing with uh, the complications of the galaxy at large. Like maybe rather than like a government, it's more about like these enormous warring corporate houses that have mm-hmm. sort of like risen up in this world and them trying to sort of deal with that. I think you kind of have them on the home base of perhaps this sort of like galactic high school or something like that. But you also give them the option like, you know the richer kids will own their own private starship. So it's kind of like, like, oh, right. we've got like a free day. Like, let's go do whatever the fuck. Cause I got my own starfighter right. and shit like that. Um, <laughs> Your own starfighter. Exactly. And so, yeah, that, that, it mostly just kind of scratched my itch for extensive world building, even though I didn't really have a whole lot in terms of plot that I was going. I feel like it would probably, like I said, just start out with people bouncing personalities off mm-hmm. of each other for a while. Maybe have, like, a minor antagonist in the first book and then have it sort of get bigger as you go on. That's what so much of YA is. No, I know. A, a lot of, right, a lot of, knows. like, YA first book in series tends to be a lot of just, like, here's the characters, here's the world, this is what you here's can the expect. Here's the basics of the on. dynamic. Right, yeah. And um, have fun. So I actually, do you ever read graphic novels? Not really. 
There's one I might suggest just because it hits a lot of the details you were talking. Mm -hmm. It's called Upon a Sunbeam. Mm -hmm. And it's dual narrative, but one character just there's like one flashback timeline and one kind of current timeline. Um, But it gives you space and conflict, but without it being a like galactic war. It's Mm -hmm. um, the, the, this young woman who has just graduated from college has been assigned to uh, this team of people who kind of are, they're assigned to go from like ruin to ruin or wreckage to wreckage to, well, this old thing that used to be the temple compound for this old cult is being redone into housing or something. And so it's like both exploring and like some light mystery, but it's just a lot about these like character dynamics and studying them and getting to know them as people. Um, and then the flashback stuff is her time in space boarding school and, uh, struggling with her sexuality, feeling somewhat ostracized because of it. But, uh, her basically her first girlfriend at boarding at space boarding school. Uh, it back, I would say it kind of starts like as the character gets older, it definitely starts to skew away from like the YA-ness of it, but mm. it hit a lot of those elements. <laughs> Anus. Mm. Um, he said Anus. So if, you're, <laughs> so if you're ever interested, let me know. I can lend that to you. I realized I didn't, cause I didn't really talk about this, uh, but I think it was a fairly important part of the, in my brain working on my, on my idea, but, because I focused a lot on, like, the vibe and the aesthetic, uh-huh. but uh, the the kind of characters and dynamic that I wanted to go for is kind of similar to the one in my first idea, like, because I, I do think it's important to break away from the stereotypes that we get in the YA movies that we've had to watch, mm-hmm. uh, even when they're sort of, like, like bluntly subverted as in beautiful creatures. <laughs> um, well, whereas the only work they did was... Just switch swap. the genders. Yeah, same things, but swap. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, there's like some mildly interesting stuff happening there, but it's not that. But like, I I did want to kind of like, not in a, I want to take away the problematic aspect of this type, but I wanted my um, quote unquote, like male protagonist, although I see the, the changeling character as kind of like not really gen- like kind of genderless. Sure. Um, but I wanted to like do like manic pixie dream boy, but like minus the problematic aspects of the manic pixie dream girl were like, I wanted them to be a little, maybe a little unhinged at times, um, but, like, for the most part, like, well-meaning, but maybe a bit alien in morality and just, like, doesn't really know where the line is sometimes. Um, But, like, otherwise a source of, like, energy and kind of optimism and, like, excitedness and joy. I think as long as you give that character, like, interiority and, like, clearly communicated motivation, I think you avoid the basic pitfalls of the Manic Pixie yeah. problem. No, like, they're very driven, but, like, I wanted that... I wanted them to sort of be, like, the bright star, like, the sort of, like, guiding star of the sort of, like, relationship. And I wanted uh, just sort of, like, a grumpy, reluctant uh, female protagonist who's just, like, fucking whatever. Um, and I kind of had this vibe of, like, Bard and, and like, Paladin or something as, like, the party build for the... the where he's sort of... Where, like, the changeling kind of characters, the, the, the Bard. Also, I think the object materializes in the in the human realm as like an electric guitar (laughs) clearly and it works but like without an amp when she's around (laughs) the other thing that i had originally gone with with mine was just that like when i was going back to space it was like oh maybe this is going to be some sort of like upstairs downstairs downtown abbey (laughs) sort of thing in space where it was taking place entirely on like a luxury pleasure space yacht or something where it's just like this enormous sort of like 
I don't know, like casino hotel resort in space. And like all of like the teen main characters were like the people who worked on like the lower levels of this shit, having to deal with like these pain in the ass rich people. And it was going to be more about like class warfare in mm-hmm. space or something like that. And then I was just like, oh, that's too, that's down. I'm kind of into that. I'm I don't not, see not a lot that. of like sci-fi. I, haven't, I don't think I've seen a lot of YA sci-fi like in space stuff. I've seen like one or two alien things. Like yeah, I'm number yeah. four. I I feel like it's a lot of like I'm on Earth and alien comes. Yeah, but I haven't seen a lot of like we're all in space. Right, that's kind of what we're I just all felt. In space together, and we know the only we are stars. <laughs> the only the only thing I have to add, just as a quick note to mm-hmm. your upstairs downstairs in space idea, is that there's no gravity in space. So how could you be upstairs or downstairs? Yeah, <laughs> and also no women should wear bras. That's the joke um, they make in page chapter one. <laughs> <laughs> There's no upstairs or downstairs in space. <laughs> or it's like that one sort of like conniving servant says when they're like sort of yeah. like little yeah, like speech of like, don't you know? Silly. Yeah, there is no upstairs or downstairs in space. It's all one, yeah. baby. There's only four words. <laughs> no, um, I was going to say, can you have the Dowager Countess's head in a jar just come out to preside over her? <laughs> mm-hmm. In my head, she's, she's like still alive. <laughs> yeah, she's a hologram or something. Like a hologram that has been granted human status by some sort of loophole in the law. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, that's 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 what I sort of scraped together at three o'clock this afternoon. Yeah, we don't get a lot of like wizard school. We don't get a lot of like space school. That's what I was hoping. Yeah, that was I, mostly just my thought. Yeah. You know what? Literally, the only other space like, YA I can think of is Ender's Game. Isn't space cases just sort of like future Razi? Sorry, what? No, because it's not military, really. Oh, is oh, 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 oh. I thought you were saying, like, paparazzi. I was no, no. Okay, I get Isn't it just, like... I don't remember, to be honest. It's, is well, it, it military? Seems like they're, they're referred to as cadets. That's true. I don't know, actually. I don't know. It. It's been so long since I've So we're just training... Show. Although cadets is also like, used a lot just when... It's just the, like, in the space. military, military industrial complex in space with babies, yeah. Yeah, so I don't want that one. That's yeah. for sure. Well, it's, it's, it's like, well, make it like Star Trek, where they're like the. They're, that was my like, initial thought. Like, it, it was like because <laughs> the reason why I went to like luxury pleasure that is because like the one thing I love about Star Trek: The Next Generation is the Enterprise has the aesthetics of like a 1990s mall, but in space. Yeah. <laughs> and so just think like that's comfortable, that's cozy. Like, like I'd want to be there. What yeah. is it? Deep Space Nine is like it's it's just like a fancy. It, it's space basically station. that. It's basically yeah. yeah. It's basically like a sort of like yeah, almost like a. Like a Mohegan Sun or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah in the middle of space. Right, yeah. It's like a bar. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I feel like I want that because, like, with the Enterprise, you have the, the added thing of, like, oh, we're here for science. We're studying. And yeah, right. Things. Whereas with, you like, something commissary. fun, it's you just more place, like. You need a place for people to unwind or for yeah. Whoopi Goldberg to come and bartend. I you know that was like she demanded to be on the show? Sure. I think, like, after I she heard. won her Oscar, she was like, give me because that role. Uhura. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I yeah. I think it's interesting how we've sort of gravitated. I think we've all sort of maybe picked stuff that we've gravitated towards. Like I, I've been. I think a lot lately about like out of the way area, forgotten places mm-hmm. of the world, and I was like, I really want to do something creative, like writing wise, in these in that setting. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a nice yeah. tight one this week. I think yeah, so well. it is tight. That's good because I gotta go home. Yeah, and cook yeah, dinner, I and I need <laughs> to go home and eat dinner. I have to play Valorant. That's you real. have to. No, but I do. I will be playing Outsword later. But yeah, guys, it's been great. It's, it's been, been great. Real. Come back at us in, in two, two weeks. weeks for home again. Home again. Twenty seventeen. White wine spritzer, baby. <laughs> All right. Get your strawberries ready. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.